What is Montrospective? It's what we say to ourselves and our attitude towards it. We repeat mantras over and over again to ourselves. If we're doing it right, they're positive, not negative. What we say affects our attitude and our point of view. We all have dreams and goals, but how many of us know where to start to make them happen? I am fascinated by everyday people who are doing extraordinary things, and I wanted to find out why and how they were able to be successful. I spent 16 years in radio, not as a DJ, but as a promotions director. I never had an interest in being front and center or putting myself out there as a personality. Fast forward to today, I have something to say and messages from incredible people to share. Simply put, I am interested. I want to know what propels everyday people to follow their dreams in the hopes that it will inspire you to do the same. We have one life to live. Let's listen, learn, and share our journey with the world. This is Montrospective. Montrospective would like to thank our sponsor. If you're looking for a one-stop shop that offers yoga, meditation, Reiki, readings, and various other classes along with being a metaphysical store, check out Mantra in Blue Springs, Missouri off 7 Highway. Also online at mantrakc.com. My next guest is certified in what seems to be just about every massage and healing technique there is. To list them all would take up most of the introduction, but we'll definitely talk about them. He runs his own practice called Sacred Roots Holistic Healing in Independence, Missouri. His goal is to provide a better quality of life without pain by looking at the body with a holistic mindset. At first glance, you might not think that massage is his passion and career, as justified by his what did you want to be when you grew up question on his website. The answer, NFL defensive tackle, rock star, or mob boss. So let's find out more about his journey and learn why massage is not just a way to pamper yourself, but a form of preventative health care that can also improve your quality of life. Ryan Brown, welcome to Montrospective. Oh, thank you so much. That was so cool. <laughs> was that fairly accurate? Oh, that was, that yeah, are? that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So like with every other guest, we're just going to get right down to it and talk about who Ryan was as a kid. Because I know you're not actually from this area originally. So let's talk about where you grew up and how you grew up and how that affected who you are today. So I'm from Mesa, Arizona was there until I was about 17. And then I went to college up in Northern California. Um, I grew up, I'd say, lower middle class, that sort of thing, uh, kind of a little bit rougher, kind of an interesting early life, to say the least. Um, but grew up an athlete, played football and wrestled and ended up wrestling in college, getting an opportunity to go and, and wrestle in Northern California. Um, so I did that for a few years and kind of bounced back and forth between Arizona and California for about five years. Um, I love the Pacific Northwest. It's just one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Being from the desert and going to this green lush area was like, I felt like every trip I went on, I was going somewhere in the Lord of the Rings. It was fantastic. So yeah, I just kind of grew up an athlete. I worked a lot. Uh, my mother owned a janitorial company. Um, so I would basically go from wake up early in the morning to a practice, go to school all day, go to a practice, and then work till about midnight um, in the family business for most of my high school career. Yeah. So you, and, so you had a, a work ethic pretty early on in life. You were kind of yeah. taught that, you know, hustle lifestyle. 
Absolutely, yes. Uh, my mother, she did a lot of things on her own. Um, so she, she was, uh, was working for a charter school um, at the time as like a third grade teacher. Um, and somebody was like, hey, I have this business that we don't want anymore. Um, it's janitorial in a, in a medical building. Um, and my mom just had this crazy light bulb and was like, yeah, I could do something with that. And, you know, we kind of did that through the whole uh, recession time. Um, and while everybody else was kind of losing all kinds of things, you know, we were doing things that other people didn't want to do. Um, and we were doing all right, you know, so it was it was one of the better times that we had and in, in, um, in my family kind of history. So, uh, yeah, we worked a lot, um, cleaned a lot of toilets. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't um, envy you on that at all. <laughs> man, it was uh yeah, it was interesting. I think what were you what were you studying in college? So I originally went to college for uh psychology and sociology. I wanted to work with troubled youth and coach. Um I kind of feel like my coaches were a big reason why I didn't end up in situations as many of the people I grew up with did. Um, so I kind of wanted to give back. I wanted to be that for someone else. I went through a lot of that, went to, went to ASU for a little while. I bounced around. I did a lot of traditional college. And then I realized like, then I'd have to go to school every day. Um, <laughs> and that was something that I didn't know if I could uh, deal with like the politics of, of, of school um, settings and that sort of thing. Yeah, so I, I had a lot of different areas in which I hit. I, I went to school for when psychology. Did massage, yeah, I was going to say, when did massage come into the picture? Was that much later in life for you, or was that something you switched to while you were studying psychology? Massage came in. It was something that I wanted to do when I was coming out of high school, actually. Um, there was a recruiting visit at my high school from one of the local massage schools, and they were like, you could work on a cruise ship. And yeah, I, growing up kind of poor and that sort of thing, like, I was like, man, I'm going to cruise and get paid for it. That sounds fantastic. You know, I went and told my mother, I was like, hey, everyone always says I'd be good at it. That sort of thing. I was kind of a natural, attracted to that naturally and told my mom and she was like, no, you're, you're going to college and you're, you're getting out of here. I was, you know, pretty good at getting in trouble. So she's like, you're getting out of the neighborhood. You're going to go to college. You're going to wrestle. You're good at this. It's, it could take you somewhere kind of thing. So I did that for like 10 years, trying to find what was going to work for me uh, out of high school. Um, and then my mother had suffered a stroke about two years before I went into massage school. Um, and we took care of her at home. My, my older brother and I and my um, older sister lived down the street. So my brother and I moved back into the house. We're taking care of her. Uh, had left her paralyzed on her left side kind of thing. Unfortunately, she then had to go into a nursing home. Um, she started being, started having some seizures, um, some things that we couldn't deal with at home on our own. We couldn't seem to motivate her um, to do phys physical therapy or anything else like that. So at that time, I was working construction during the day. Um, I was doing window and door installation um, to try to pay for everything and then running the business at nighttime, uh, the janitorial business. So I was working like 20 hours a day, six days a week. Um, and about eight months into that, my older brother and I realized that 
she wasn't going to come home. So we decided to let go of the house and some other things that were kind of making it very stressful for everyone. Um, and I realized that I didn't want to do construction and clean toilet, toilets the rest of my life. So I was going to go back and finish my degree, but I don't like computers. And so traditional college just wasn't going to be the answer. So, and I had already done that, like I said, for 10 years off and on. So I was like, what did, I, what haven't I gone to school for that I was interested in that, you know, I might not need a computer for and kind of a bell went off and I was like, you know, I should check into what massage school has to offer. Um, so I went into the local massage school that I heard was pretty good. Uh, did a little bit of research and 45 minutes later, I was signed up to go to school in two weeks, put my two weeks in for the day job, putting in windows and doors and did janitorial company while I went through school. And it was the best decision I ever made. Was, uh, I have to stop really quick and, sure. and tell the listeners what you said <laughs> before we started this interview, because I want to point something out to you. You said you were intimidated after listening to some of the other guests because you didn't think you were necessarily on that level. I want you to hear what you just said. You went through some major crap in your life, really hard stuff, and you had to make those decisions for what was going to be best for you and your life, and you did that. And that's what so many people struggle with, is crossing that line and being able to be brave enough to do those things, and you did that. So recognize that right now for yourself, because that's huge, and that's what other people need to hear and understand, is that if you can go through the stuff you are going through, which is a lot of pressure, emotionally had to take an, a huge toll on you to be going through all that. And then to still say, no, I, I want something more, something better for my life. Here's, here's what I think I'm interested in and I'm going to go for it. So pat yourself on the back for that. So you went, so you were in massage school. Was, and yeah. Were you, were you loving it right away? Was it like, okay, here's my calling, this is what I meant to do? Or was it overwhelming? Like, oh my gosh, I have to learn all these body parts and what they do and you know, all was, of that. Yeah, it was intimidating. It was a whole new world for me. The day that I went into, and this is kind of what motivated me, it was like day three of like an orientation. So we were going into getting our books and one of the people that worked in the office that kind of did your professional office that kind of helps you get a job afterwards. He was like, you're going to have a really hard time getting a job in this industry. Like didn't know me from anyone else. He's like, basically with tattoos, that sort of thing, kind of my whole attitude, especially at that time, construction background and everything, I'm a little rough, you know? So he was like, you're going to have a really hard time in this industry. And from that day forward, I was like, we'll see about that. You know, it was kind of something that was like, all right, you know, it's, it's hard to be a male therapist in the first place. It's hard to be a male therapist and have visible tattoos in, in, in your regular spa-like setting or resort type setting and that sort of thing. Um, it's just kind of difficult to have this appearance. So as I'm getting my books, I saw um, a craniosacral book and, you know, um, psychology was mostly what I went to school for. So I opened it up and I was like, hey, man, I'm, I know the brain. Like, I understand this already. So I immediately had a connection with cranial psychotherapy. Can you tell everybody what that is really quick? 
Uh, sure. Well, um, just, just the yeah. Cliff Notes version, not the textbook so, so, version. <laughs> yeah, craniosacral therapy is it, it's a it's a light touch modality on the cranium and the face, and it um, it's a series of holds. Um, there's two different types of belief systems in it. There's like kind of your more physiological, scientific, I guess you would say, Western what we call it like Western and Eastern medicine type. Basically, you're trying to decompress the bones of the cranium and the face to help with cerebral spinal fluid flow that helps coat nerves, which better nerve function, better everything, right? Kind of unwinding within there. Then there's an energetic part of it too, that, you know, as you look at like the mandible, for instance, if you're not communicating properly, if you're not saying what you want to say, a lot of times we'll start to grind our teeth or grit our jaw. So with a little bit of unwinding there, that energy and and that sort of thing, you kind of find yourself being able to do those things a little bit better is kind of the idea. So um, I ended up doing a bunch of research and wanting to work with troubled youth and behavior health. There was a lot of um, studies and treatments being used with cranial sacral with uh, different mental aspects, everything from ADHD, um, depression, anxiety, all the way through schizophrenia. They were seeing results with using cranial sacral therapy. Immediately, I was like, that's my thing. That's what I'm going to do. Little did I know that getting out into the world, not many people really knew about it. Being a large individual, everyone was like, I want a deep tissue from that guy, you know? And so I found myself not really using it a whole lot. So yeah, that's that's kind of cranial. Um, but that's, as soon as I got into school, that's what I found. And that, and then the first class that we took was reflexology, which was super bizarre and kind of reconnected me to my roots. You know, my parents were kind of big time hippies and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, I kind of have this whole connection with uh, metaphysical world, that sort of stuff, energy in general. I didn't really know what it was at the time. So getting into reflexology and having this ideology of, of, I can affect the entire body through different points in the feet. Like immediately I was like, Oh man, I feel like some kind of witch doctor, you know, like this is super cool. And, um, was just really, really intrigued. So that both of those things really catapulted on top of, uh, being the competitive person that I am like, no, I'm gonna make it kind of thing was how it all kind of kicked off. And, um, but it was, it was definitely a struggle. Massage school is, will change you in a lot of ways. And it was, it was really, really neat in the process itself and, and seeing what it did for me, both energetically and emotionally, what it does as far as physically as well, was just incredible. So I was hooked. So you made Um, it through, graduate. Yeah. And you already know that you're got, you know, a big road uphill you know, with physically being how you look and having all these people telling you already that you're going to have issues finding a job. So what was it like after you graduated? Where did you go? What did you do? I think because of that attitude too, or what was being projected onto me, I I, I kind of didn't know what I was going to do. I, I kind of dragged my feet on getting my license. And I, we did in our professional development program, we did like some interviews with local uh, clinic managers and that sort of thing. Um, so I had a bunch of different interviews. Only one person was interested. 
And she was actually manager for the only corporate owned massage envy in the country in Scottsdale, because that's where it originated. Like I said, I dragged my feet. It's about four months after I graduate. And I go, I had a, uh, made a good friend out of one of my instructors. And um, so I was going to visit her. One of my other instructors came by and was like, hey, so-and-so wants to hire you. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this all. Like, I love it, but, you know, I'm afraid, basically, without saying it. So I finally got my license, went in for the practical, at the time, the, the general manager of that location. Um, it did not go well. Um, she was also very judgmental. Basically wrote me off before I even started the session. So um, went through that about Five days later, I got a call. She was let go from that position. And the general manager that took over had met me and he gave me an opportunity. He was like, hey man, I, I liked what you were talking about. Come back in, please, you know, let's see. So uh, I did that and I owe him a lot for that. Like I'd, um, it was huge. Like I said, I got into that. Uh, location. And I was still just hellbent on cranial sacral therapy. I'm going to change. You guys don't even offer it. Like, so I did a lot of work on that and getting them to put it on the modality list up front and actually talk about it. Um, and they worked a lot with the corporate office. So it was really cool. It was a really cool atmosphere. Um, and I was, I was kind of hooked on it, you know, like the whole massage envy thing. I love the model of of bringing massage to the masses, you know? So it was cool. It was a cool experience. So it's, it's interesting. Um, this is kind of, and I don't want to go completely down this rabbit hole, yeah. but I do want to point it out that as a woman, I'm so used to hearing about my challenges, getting into places, having chances because I'm a woman. You dealt with a different kind of sexism. You know, I'm a man and I'm having a real, you know, I'm qualified. I have a degree. I have whatever it is. I have yeah. all the qualifications I need and I'm having to fight and prove myself to get a job. What did that feel like for you? Was that as a man, did it make you more determined? Was it demeaning? How did that make you feel? It made me nervous. And if I would be able to make a career out of something that I loved, um, it made me, you know, i I think I just talked about it recently in some of the videos that we did, but I, I remember those first three or four months trying to learn how to talk to people um, when they came in to try to make them comfortable with me, right? Uh, but I had many times I'd go out to the lobby area and call someone's name and they'd be like, no, I'm not working with you. Um, you know, I, I remember specifically this one lady who um, was holding her purse like in between her and I and was like almost shaking, talking to me. And I'm like, look, man, this isn't, this isn't going to work. I sh you should definitely, you know, reschedule with a different therapist. Like initially I took it personally. And then I, you know, kind of took a step back and realized that even through some of the traumas in my life um, and things that I went through, I, I had my own preferences, right? Not to go down too much more, but like I had an abusive father, um, you know, he was a drug addict, that sort of thing. And it was very rough growing up in that type of environment and those sorts of things. So like, even though I, I got through some of that and, and, and have no issues with receiving a massage from a male, I still prefer a female. So trying to distinguish that and being able to express those things professionally, instead of just like making us feel bad, like you said, it, what, what the other side of it for women is like, oh, they can't deliver enough pressure, which is 
definitely not true. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it definitely, it, it scared me a little bit at the beginning. And then I just saw it as a way for me, like, I have to try to figure out how to sort of overcome, you know, physical attributes and that sort of thing. Like, I can't, I'm not going to get rid of my tattoos. I'm, you know, I'm definitely going to continue to grow my beard. And I'm, I went bald at 17. So there's nothing I could do about that. You know what I mean? I'm, I just look like a big bald biker. I don't know nothing I can do about it, you know? So I just kind of figured out with the, the good thing about those types of places is they, they feed you people, right? So you, you're forced to be able to interact with anyone they put in front of you that is willing to move beyond the lobby with you. So I immediately was like, all right, well, I'm going to figure out how to make people feel comfortable around me. And a lot of that is the, you know, you mentioned it a little bit beforehand, that the character of, of Ryan, right? Like trying to make people laugh, trying to make them be as real as possible with them um, and making it an environment and where they feel safe and, and heard trying to let them know, like, you're, I'm just a, just a dude. You're, you know, you're here to feel better and I'm here to help you. So. Well, that's why it's so interesting in getting to know somebody because full disclosure, I've known you for 22 minutes now. Like yeah. I have heard of you through friends. I didn't know you personally. So I did a lot of research on you and that's kind of what I told you pre-interview. Um, I would kind of describe you almost as a big teddy bear. Like I don't <laughs> see you as the person that you were describing, but I understand that. I get that. You know, I understand, you know, you're a, a bigger guy with tattoos and yeah. a beard and all that stuff. But like you just said, it's your personality and everything. It's like, I would never in a million years feel intimidated by you, but you had to work on that. You had to figure that out and go, okay, I've got to win people over with my dazzling personality, you know? Yeah, yeah so, totally. Yeah, I yeah. get it. Switching gears from that, yeah. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about your different modalities, the different techniques you use, and what some of the benefits are? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that I'm still shocked by have never had any kind of massage before. And I'm telling everyone right now, if you never have had one, you have no idea how much it would change your life. And I <laughs> subscribe to what you say, that it is definitely preventative, you know, health. I, I get one a month. I mean, awesome. I, I just yeah. do. I, if I could afford more, I would. Because <laughs> it does. It does release a lot and help a lot. And uh, I know with a lot of the different techniques you do that I'm not even familiar with offer different benefits. So if you want to explain a little bit about those. Yeah, touching a little back back of what we talked about, I was, I was very much Eastern medicine, energetic work, uh, craniosacral, Reiki therapy. I did like Early on, that's all the type of work that I wanted to do. Um, had some really interesting things, you know, come up in massage school um, and was felt very comfortable in that realm, right? But being up there and in, in where I was in North Scottsdale and uh, around a lot of athletes and being a bigger guy, I then was living with uh, an instructor of mine um, who was phenomenal and, and, and her and I kind of came up with this, what we kind of called like a, a deep tissue cranial session um, and I had to really work on uh, making people think they were getting a deep tissue massage but I do a lot of things that work along meridian lines and reintroducing chi flow and that sort of thing and and trying to figure out a way to get people on board with deep tissue work and that sort of thing and kind of sneaking in this other stuff and as they started to realize like I've never felt anything like this before you know it was kind of a way of me to be like Oh, well, this is why, <laughs> you know, like there's these other things. So right now um, with some of the 
people I've been working with. So Graston technique um, is instrument assisted soft tissue manipulation. So more leans towards like physical therapy type work adds a whole nother level of, of healing and um, creating tensegrity and, and laying down fibroblasts and making tissue stronger, that sort of thing. Um, sort of in that sports realm, uh, like Theragun treatments. Um, we just got um, cupping certified and flossing certified and K-tape certified and all these things. And then there's that whole other part of craniosacral work that I mix into a lot of things, um, Reiki and different chakra alignments and that sort of thing. Um, and we try to blend all of it together and, and trying to and not make it, you know, one of my things um, is trying to break all the stereotypes, right? Like you can do all of this and still be, you know, professional and medical and um, blend both Eastern and Western medicine as much as possibly can. So, um, so when somebody comes to you, yeah. do you do an evaluation and kind of recommend to them what you like to try with them? Or when most people find you, are they finding you because they know that you do this mix and they kind of already know what they want? A little bit of both. And a lot of it is different cues through sessions, right? Like I tend to talk a little bit more. That was another thing I found. Um, a lot of the, this industry were, were kind of meant to be robotic and this whole like speak when spoken to kind of thing. And um, I, I just, it, it's awkward. I uh, recently went to a place, I won't name it, but um, that is more along those corporate lines. And it, it's super weird. There's weird music that nobody really likes, but some people, you know, like every once in a while, someone's like, I really love this music. Um, so I, I kind of get to know people a little bit more in my sessions. I ask them different things, ask them what they do for a living, their movements, um, all this stuff. And as we go along, that kind of just opens up different areas to be able to speak and be like, hey, um, well, I know this one thing. Um, are you interested in this at all? Or I love the the third, the second or third session with people. And they're like, hey, you know what? I had this friend about 10 years ago that, that told me about Reiki healing. Like, what do you know about that? So I get a lot of people that just naturally open up about, and that just is my little, yes, you know? Um, and well, I that's start, what I get excited about now. I haven't shared it with a lot of people. So there's going to be a lot of people that know me that listen to this, that will be like, what you do, what? But I did take Reiki one and two, and I'm working towards becoming a Reiki master and just learning about what Reiki is and what kind of energy healing, you know, can do for a person. Um, and that transition of energy between two people during a session is amazing. During my very first Reiki session that I had personally, my little story about that is I've always dreamed in black and white. I've never seen color oh. when I close my eyes my entire life. I don't know why. Okay. No idea why. I'm weird. Yeah. My very first Reiki session. We're going to get into that. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> my very first Reiki session with Jenny, who yeah. was on a previous podcast and you know as well, she was working up by my head. And out of nowhere, I started getting what felt like a fireworks show in my mind with these bright, brilliant colors. And it made me cry. It made me tear wow. up. It was just like, holy cow. And I just felt different. Like right now I'm getting chills and stuff. Yeah, and talking absolutely. About it. And, and a lot of people, I don't know if it's they're scared to talk about it or don't buy off on 
what it is or just aren't willing to learn. But I think if there's more people like you, me, and you know, all of these people Absolutely. in the world doing stuff like this, it just takes the pressure off people and it just gives you a new perspective on everything. Yeah. So, you know, I, I love the fact that you're marrying all this stuff together. Um, because you know, right now I could go to like five different places where you're a one-stop shop and could do everything. So um and, and I love that story. Like there's so many instances and so many different things that I've seen. And then also like my first attunement, right? Um, one of my, my big mentors, uh, uh, Jimmy G in Arizona, he's, he's huge in the, this world. Um, and he, there, there was like a, it was literally a physical pop at my, at my occipital bone when he was doing my attunement, right? And something happened and I literally didn't wear shoes the rest of the day. Like I just didn't want to. It was the weirdest thing. Like I, I needed that, that feel on the earth. Um, it was just, it was wild. And, and I, I was working janitorial at the time. So I'm like trying to go into this place and I'm like, I just want to be in the grass. And, you know, it was, it was strange, but the color thing and just seeing things differently, it was, it's incredible. Yeah. Well, and that's not weird either, because since all of this stuff with COVID has been going on, I've become very sensitive to anything and everything just very much an empath and you know all of that and i have had that crazy urge to be in nature constantly i want to be outside i am outside more now than i've ever been in my life just because i want to be connected to that so you know i just hope people have a little bit of an open mind and actually look into this and ask the questions and try it yourself it's nothing that's going to hurt you if you don't right. experience anything out of it, fine. But right. at least have an open enough mind to think, okay, maybe I don't need to take that pill or I don't need to do this or I don't need to do that. Maybe trying some of these, you know, other types of, of therapies would help me. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's my entire, I'm saving the world, right? Like, got to heal everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So. Yes. You're in Arizona. You. Yeah. When you're working, you're you're doing all this sure. stuff. How the heck is it that you end up in the Midwest? <laughs> I mean, um, you just said how much you loved, you know, being in California and all of that. Yeah. And you end up in the middle of the United States. How did that come mm-hmm. about? Man, that, so I always saw myself moving back to Oregon and being. I really love Southern Oregon, uh, Coos Bay on the on the on the coast, or like. Um, Eugene area or, or Ashland area. It's just beautiful. So oddly enough, I met my wife at t- towards the tail end of my first uh, Envy job. We were both working there. It was a very... Um, <laughs> the controversy. Oh my That's gosh. a whole nother story. Now, um, she, she asked me out. I said, no, the clinic closed a few days later. And then we were both found ourselves um, hanging out and she's been there ever since. Um, it was super cool. And, and anyhow, she, uh, her parents actually live here in Kansas city. Um, her, her, uh, stepfather was, was born in independence and, and they have, um, um, a cattle ranch in their family out in Higginsville. So, um, like right before we met, like a year before we met, they actually moved here. Um, so that as we started to get more serious and that sort of thing, um, we had talked about it. Now I didn't even really remember Missouri was a state 
um, until I met my wife. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Try not to be insulted by that. <laughs> it's just as a as a West Coast kid, you know, I I I didn't really think about it, you know. Yeah. Um, so when she told me, I was like, I mean, we could check it out, you know. Um, and we just uh, we were getting ready to have uh, our first daughter, and we visited out here um, in in preparation for her um, baby shower. Uh, and we got here and I mean, um, I used to smoke. Um, so we stopped at the QT to get a pack of cigarettes and, and I was in there for like 40 minutes. And I remember, yeah, like everyone wanted to talk to me. Like, like it was the weirdest thing. And we literally just came off the air from the airport. We're in blue Springs. Um, and I come out and my, my wife and my mother-in-law, like, what what were you doing in there? And I was like, I I literally said one thing and it led to a conversation and everyone wants to talk to you here. This is crazy. These people are so nice. Like, um, so the whole week or 10 days we were here for all of that. Um, I just could not believe how nice everyone was. So the first time we came out here was February and I was like, man, I can't believe how beautiful it is here. And everybody's like, it's February. Like, why do you think it's pretty? And I was like, just all these trees and there's deer running around and wild turkey and nothing's trying to kill you. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> the desert's a dangerous place, you know? Like, so yeah. So then we were, uh, we got married and then had, uh, or we were pregnant with our first daughter. And then we were like, yeah, we should probably move. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have parents and my brothers, you know, love them to death, but they're not like super kid people. You know, we all had our thing and, and so I was like, we should probably be near grandparents and all that help and all those things. So here I am. And I am so glad I, I love this city way more than I ever thought I would. Um, this area is just awesome. And people are so nice. I, I, to this day going other places, I'm like, man, Kansas city is so cool. <laughs> we are pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> For somewhere I completely forgot about, you know, how long ago was that that you came here? So we've been here for about three and a half years now. So did you start your business right away or was that something you came here and, you know, worked somewhere else first and then went, nah, I need to do my own thing? I started at a place called Royal Massage. Um, I was renting space out of another business. My in-laws are awesome. They were a part of that. Um, and it gave me an opportunity to come here and be my own thing, which was super scary. Uh, we had no idea if it was going to work. Um, I remember my first event here um, where I was doing chair massage, the first like 30 people said no to a chair massage, a free chair massage at a, at a vendor event. This isn't it. This is not where we're supposed to be. I don't know if this is going to work, um, that sort of thing. Uh, but we ended up going to that event about five more times and meeting a ton of people there. Uh, by the end of it, I had quite a bit of work flowing through and uh, kind of doing our thing, going around, meeting people. Uh, we ended, and it was at the um, the little hotel place over there by Bass Pro or... Stony Creek? Yeah, there you go. Stony Creek Adventure Center, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, we met, like I said, a ton of people there and it ended up working out, but holy cow, was it scary. So I was, I was there at Royal Massage for almost a year. Um, 
And then I was like, I have to have my own space. Um, the, the ideas that I was trying to work with the owner there and, and coming together and kind of messing some things wasn't really working out. Um, so I went into um, the Epic Sports Lounge. Um, my wife went to a consignment sale there and saw uh, a sign on the office for, it was for rent. And so we were like, hey, this is kind of cool. Sports is kind of the thing that I wanted to get into. Um, let's see what it's about. And we kind of ran from there. So we've been on our own since September, 2018. So yeah, wow, it's wild. Um, yeah, and that just kind of went from there. I ended up having two locations for a little while, one out in Kansas City um, at a CrossFit gym called The Hill. Um, we were out there for almost a year uh, right before uh, COVID happened. Um, and then I decided that it was just way too much. I was way spread thin. Um, I had about five therapists at that time, and I wasn't able to really work with anyone correctly or train the way that I wanted to. Um, so we decided to kind of uh, come back and build a home base here in, in Independence and kind of redo things. So what was that first year for you where the pressure was client thing and, and build this business for yourself? Um, what, what were you feeling during that time? Oh, man. No one knew me, so I did a Groupon, which was a very interesting process. I tell people now I could not have built my business without it. Um, it put me in front of a lot of people, not having any sort of name or, or anything like that. So um, it helped a ton. I had to work through a lot of that, but it was, it was, it was scary. A lot of you know doing 12 hours of body work a day. It was, it was very difficult not seeing my wife or my child. Uh, rough. It was a learning experience. I learned a lot of really hard lessons about business in general, um, this industry in general. Um, I had a, a group on that I started with, and it was very, very lowly priced. Um, so that was interesting. But it put me in front of a ton of people. Like I, I tell people to this day, they, they kind of give a bad name to it um, in our industry. But I would not be anywhere I am today without that. Um, they put me in front of so many people here. As, as someone who didn't know where to go or what to do or had no network for massage um, for thousands of miles. So um, did that. It was a lot of very long weeks. Um, there were days where I was doing 12 hours of body work a day and um, it, was, it was a lot, but uh, a lot of hustle. My wife is incredible. Um, she did so many things on social media um, got us involved with a bunch of really cool groups um, Lee Summit Play and a bunch of other things like that as she was trying to expand her network of like what to do with our children when we are able to take their outside and you know all these things so but just kind of built a network and did a lot of events I did a lot of um, vendor events and chair massage stuff and just kind of made people know who I was. Um, well, that's a good transition into social media because we mentioned ah. right before when we were chatting, you kind of upped your social media game. Game You do uh, what we do Wednesdays on Facebook yeah. Live. Yeah. And then I noticed you just started a TikTok as well. Yeah. Again, did, yeah. showing that humorous side of yourself. So what prompted the rebirth of social media? Yeah, uh, COVID. <laughs> couple different things there. Like 
I, a lot of transition to business and that sort of thing. When I got to the Hill, everyone was like, you run everything through your phone. Like you don't have a website, you know, all these things. So I realized that I needed to, you know, uh, change with the world. I was, I was hand uh, texting all of my confirmations for multiple therapists. So I was doing like 200 text messages a day. It was just incredible. So um, in order to do all the things that I wanted to do, I had to streamline some things. So we've, we've worked a lot on that and I've joined the world of computers and automation and, and things that I was really nervous about losing that connection with my clients. Um, but then COVID, um, when COVID hit, we were kind of in a weird transition of coming back to independence and coming together and having one home base so that we could really do the things that I wanted to do. We ended up losing some therapists along the way with all of that. Um, I actually went out of town and was working construction for um, most of the quarantine. I was working road construction in Arkansas and Southern Georgia, um, doing epoxy overlay on bridges. I got to kind of get away and I was out there, you know, thinking about things. And when I got back, I, my whole existence in this career has been to break stigmas, to break, the, to be different, right? Um, I don't listen to spa music. I listen to blues music and, and all kinds of crazy stuff during my sessions. When I was out of town, I had a lot of people texting me about, hey, I haven't been able to get in for a session. How do I stretch this? Or, uh, you know, I have a lot of husband and wives and, and, or, you know, uh, married couples, that sort of thing. Um, that are like, how do I work this on so-and-so? So I, I was kind of like, all right, fine, world, you know, universe. I will put some things out there for people to be able to do at home. And, and I can start to do some of the things that I wanted to do, um, which is try to break the habits or the stigmas of this industry. So um, that's what we're doing now. Um, these, these funny TikTok videos um are kind of our way of leading into other conversations you know we've done two so far of like trying to let people know it's, it's cool for you to talk to us during your sessions like we actually really enjoy it and we enjoy building that trust and that space of healing and and that's what it starts with is we have to build a relationship in a professional manner but we have to talk to one another or otherwise we're not really going to get to what's going to help heal a lot of things right um and then we did the the tough guy uh, because we get, you know, a lot of people in our industry that come in and one side or the other, you know, like I'm too big. I'm going to hurt them. I, I remember in our first space here in Royal Massage, the, the other therapists would do what's called Chai Bay or Ashiatsu, um, which is where they actually hold on to poles above their head and they will walk on you. Um, it's kind of a regional thing, more of Eastern, uh, modality and, Every time somebody would see that, they'd be like, you're not going to walk on me, are you? you know? <laughs> or ask what those bars are for. And so getting into the tough guy thing, we were trying to break that, those stigmas of gender roles of massage. You know, we, we get a lot of people who reach out to us and they're like, we need, or I need man hands. And, and they don't, they want to see a male therapist. And it's like, well, you know, you don't have to receive that. And females can do just as much trying to reach out more and trying to um, break down some of those barriers for people and break, break the stigma of the massage industry in general um, and trying to let people know how much more of a, a vital part of your everyday health it can be. So, Well, I think that's going to be your stick 
on TikTok, especially because I haven't seen anybody like you talking about massage and that stuff before until today when I found you on there. So everybody's kind of got their little, you know, niche or whatever. And I think that's, that's going to be yours. So um, we'll have to get, we'll have to get creative on some ideas and whatnot. Yes, please. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, give, give me some more ideas. We've, I mean, we've got a ton and it, it's, it's a delicate balance. You know, we, we thrown so many different ideas back and forth and we don't want to be offensive or alienating or anything else like that, but it's that shock value, you know, of, of starting the conversation of um, different things that we're trying to do. Um, leading us, leading people to hopefully watch the, the live videos and interact with us and ask questions and, um, you know, those sorts of things. So we're, we're really looking forward to what I think it can be. Um, so, yeah, that's where I finally gave in and I am in the universe of computers and TikTok now. <laughs> well, you will be on tag. You'll be tagged on all my social media. So everybody make sure you go follow Ryan and all of his craziness. <laughs> um, what continues to inspire you? Man. Um, every day, the, the, you know, I am so uh, fortunate to have such a great core of, of clients that have been with me since I've been here. Um, I love I just love helping them feel better and no matter what way I can, um, you know, I, there's a joke around here that, that people literally come to talk to me sometimes, you know, like I'm, the, I always tell people, I don't even think they feel, like feel the massage or anything they, you know, they just want to come talk, you know, and it's, it's you're cool. A you're a therapist in every sense of the word. Oh, yeah, Mentally, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, much cheaper than a, you know, <laughs> just kidding. Um, definitely still go to your therapist. Um, <laughs> but like whatever I can do, what inspires me the most is that. And then also I want to build a place where people can actually have a career in massage therapy. You know, that was why I set out to do my own business. Unfortunately, with some of the bigger chains and stuff, they don't, they don't treat their, their therapists as well as maybe we would like to be. Um, you know, as being one of the important pieces of their business. Um, not to, they have a great model and all that other stuff. Like I said, I loved working there. Um, but there's just, there's a level where you can get to and that's it, you know? So what I want to do is really hone in on people's uh, strengths and, and give them a platform to build an actual career with it. Um, and so trying to do these sorts of things uh, with people and, and, and understanding that it's going to be a lot of different things, you know? So that inspires me. Um, my two little girls, super cliche, but like, um, you know, uh, being a parent, I've never felt more motivation to try to build something for them. That's a lot of where my inspiration comes from. That's um, awesome. <laughs> No, I would expect you to say that as a dad and your daughters will hear that someday and feel pretty awesome. If someone has never gotten a massage before, what would you suggest they they start with basically? Like, you know, I, I still don't know why some people just think it's strange or weird or they're unsure of it. Um, what, what do you say to people to make them feel comfortable the first time they come in for a massage? Honestly, what you said before, um, one of my common 
sayings, especially when people are like, this is my first time getting massage. I'm like, good, it's going to change your life, you know? And immediately that changes that whole, they're like, oh, it is, you know? <laughs> um, but it gets things going. And I just, I talk to them about, you know, um, comfort and, and please speak up. I'm not here to hurt people. So don't let me hurt you. Um, those sorts of things. And, and just trying to make it as comfortable as possible and letting them know that this is, this is for them. You know, this is, this is a great way for you to a good stepping stone. When you feel better, you go do other things that are going to make you feel better and be healthier. Right. So that's kind of how I've always seen it. So when you start that process, it's like, Hey, this is going to be great for you and let's make this work and, and make it most beneficial for you. So. Well, this episode is airing the week of July 12th, which is national. Everyone deserves a massage week, which I didn't know was a thing. And I looked it up and it's a thing. It's a it's real a thing. thing. I thought you would just made it up, but it's a no. thing. Um, I have to give a ton of credit to my uh, office coordinator, Sophie, who I recently hired, who will be going through uh, massage school in September. Um, I gave her a little bit of task uh, and was like, hey, go find some like random holidays, right? National Ice Cream Day to try to create some different things, right? Um, so be on the lookout for that because we're going to do something for National Ice Cream Day. So she found out that it was a thing. And I was like, well, that seems really cool that it's in two weeks and I'm doing all of these things. So it was really just the world. Um, we're going to be doing some stuff, putting out some things um, on social media. Um, we'll be doing, uh, you know, a little discount if you book for that week, especially if it's your first massage. Um, you know, just trying to get people awareness and, and that sort of deal. So, uh, yeah, be on the lookout for some cool things during Everyone Deserves a Massage Week. <laughs> I believe everything happens for a reason because I just got you booked in this week to to record this episode and it happens to be airing next week during that so yeah <laughs> it all comes together that the universe the universe man make it happen <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely well we are to the point in the podcast where we are going to find your mantra perspective this is where oh, i'm going you. to give you a scenario that we all go through in everyday life, whether it's being stuck in traffic or, you know, your dog rolls in mud right before you have to leave for work and it ruins your mood. You know, we all need to try to work on uh, finding a way to switch that, you know, and not allow something to take us, take our joy from us for the rest of the day. So this is yours and it's kind of timely. I'm not saying this happened to me, but you know, so <laughs> it's the 4th of July. Your entire neighborhood is lighting up fireworks, and it's a beautiful display. The next morning, you get up to find fireworks, trash, and debris all over your yard that you have to pick up. Find your perspective. That's hard. Uh, mostly, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, mostly because, like, uh, my dogs were super sick from the week long of, of uh, fireworks, so uh, that would that's very difficult for me. You know, at least... Somebody celebrated our independence properly, you know? <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually what I thought in my mind is that, well, I did get to experience a beautiful display that I didn't have to pay for. Right. So if I was to pick up a little trash, I guess that's, that's okay, you know? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, okay, that's good, kind, we're on the same page. Yeah, that's how I would have to go through that. Um, yeah, because it was, 
we also have two dogs that um, for that four or five days where it was, you know, the giant ones going off and everything, they were on me like glue. So, you know, I, I feel your pain. Yeah. <laughs> um, what mantra do you say to yourself that keeps you going? There's one and it, it's a really weird thing. Um, and it's, this is going to sound strange, but so my little brother, he's a genius and, and, and he uh, owns a internet marketing company. He's kind of an important individual. I'm very jealous of his discipline and his hustle. You know, we we're very competitive. So I think that's where it comes in, but he came into his house and he's got this giant whiteboard in his office. And at the top of that, it said the victory lap is a lonely one. And it, it sounds depressing, but it was like something super motivating to me. It was like, you know, to get to where I want to be, it's going to be a struggle and you're going to be, you know, sort of alienated, those sorts of things. When you work all the time and own your own business, like it's, it's a thing. Um, as an entrepreneur, it, it, you, as I talk to more and more now, um, you know, they're like, yeah, nobody really gets it until you do it, you know? Um, but at the same time, it, is so rewarding and, and knowing that if I was doing anything else, I would be incredibly unhappy, <laughs> you know, like, so just, that's it. That just sort of reminds me. It's the same kind of thing I have on my arm, you know, a little thing that's born to lose kind of thing. It was something that was like a reminder that I was put in a situation, but I'm going to make it through it. Um, so like the hustle is lonely, but man, if I was doing anything else, it would be, so unhappy and so miserable so i'd rather be happy and and do the things that i want to do so it's a it's like i said it's kind of a weird one but that's something that motivates me a ton is i don't think it's weird at all i think that's for us all yeah um it's yeah so i know that your big thing is is helping people understand that they can do it right like it's tough but if you're if you're mad every day or you know um, Gary V is a big inspiration for me and, and, um, Casey's own Mac lethal, right? Like, um, he's really, really big on those sorts of things. Like then do it, just do it. And it's gonna, it's gonna suck at times. You're going to feel really, um, defeated. I, I always joke with people that like every hour I feel like I should be doing it. And then the next hour I'm like, nah, this is not for me, <laughs> you know, but it's worth it. Well, Ryan, it has been fantastic getting to know you better. It's obvious that, yeah, it's, it's obvious that your passion in life is to help others and to better their own wellness. And you're living your dream of owning a business and continuing to educate yourself and putting those smiles on people's faces. So if you're interested in learning more about Sacred Roots Holistic Healing and Ryan, visit srhealing.com and we will link to all your social media pages so people can get to know you even better. So thanks for listening, everybody, and I will talk to you again soon. Remember, your thoughts become your reality. You have all you need to begin to make your dreams come true. Dream it, believe it, manifest it. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you again soon.